0: Welcome, listeners, to another uh, Primary Health Network podcast. Today, I'm joined by Michael Wright. Uh, Michael and I uh, serve together on the board of directors for the Buell Regional Health Foundation, uh, and uh, Michael is the uh, former uh, chief executive officer of the uh, Urban League. serves as an elder uh, in his church, and Michael and I and I have had the uh, opportunity. It's really been a great honor for me to work with Michael especially recently as we're sort of trying to address, understand inequities and disparities uh, related to COVID and pre-COVID health-related matters in our community. So it's really a pleasure for me to welcome you uh, to our podcast today, Michael.
1: Well, thank you, Dr. Girl, I appreciate the opportunity to share some time with you today.
0: Great. Thank you. So inequities and disparities have been present in our communities Uh, You know, not only here in the Shenango Valley, but you know, really communities across the state and the nation for a long time. And I think, unfortunately, uh, as the stressors of COVID have landed uh, in our communities, it's really, in my mind, shined a light on uh, uh, these uh, inequities and disparities in our community and never let an opportunity uh, slip away. And I believe that together, Primary Health Network and collaboration with the Buell Regional Health Foundation, really see this as an opportunity for us to roll up our sleeves, learn about inequities, uh, and try to figure out ways that we can address them, not only related to COVID, but even when COVID is over. So uh, Michael, I'm really interested in, in your thoughts and comments about what our community is feeling and seeing uh, related to inequities. Well, to begin
1: with Dr. Garrow, I think it's very important that the collaboration piece with PHN and, and Buell Regional is in place because I think that's the important precursor to us getting the right information on what's really happening in our community. But from my perspective, I think some of the inequities that are prevalent are due to socioeconomics or demographics. Even, even the local economies play an important role I think uh, in what we see as far as healthcare in the valley for example I, growing up I think I, I never witnessed my father or mother really having the time to take to go to a doctor on a regular basis for checkup I mean we went to the dentist those things but an actual healthcare provider we had a family doctor but that was not a priority and I think that's what we're seeing in our community especially with communities of color, those who are disadvantaged, even the rural population, don't focus on the fact of having a doctor visit on a regular basis. There's so many other things that are in their life that that's not a priority. And I think that's what we see as well in our community today here that that we're dealing with. It's just not a priority at the moment for a lot of families. But with COVID now, I believe that thought process is going to change because it's going to be very important that they see a physician to actually see what's going on with the virus to help their family. So I think there's a lot of things that we're probably going to have to take a look at, especially within the family structure. I believe that's the first part that we need to focus on to to see how we can remove some of the disparities.
0: That's an excellent point. And you know, Michael, as a As I reflect back on the last 12, 13 months of COVID, communities within our community have been disproportionately impacted, uh, not only with confirmed cases of COVID, but morbidity and mortality related to COVID. And it's related to underlying unaddressed health conditions, things like obesity and diabetes and hypertension. And. You know, you and I have talked about this before. I think now more than ever, we need to make sure that everybody's health is optimal so that when the ne- if and when the next pandemic comes along, we don't see this disproportionate impact on communities within our community.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I, and that, the other thing that I guess bothers me the most is the priority within um, some of our local communities. They just don't focus on the fact that this virus is real, number one. And that is very important that you do get immunized for you know COVID because we don't even know what the future holds. Just what you said that what's coming down the line. So, but I think if we start with the family and try to educate them. But again, we're facing factors, doc, of low income, single parent households. There, there's so many other factors that play into why people have have inequities in the healthcare system for them because. There's so many other things that play on their mind that going to a doctor is the very last thing that they think about. And and, and I can tell you, I could probably be an example for that because I never put a priority on going to the doctor until I got older and I realized that some conditions I need to see a a physician to really tell me what's going on. So uh, I think that's happening a lot in our community now um, where people just do not see that as a priority to, to go see the doctor.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. You know, in in medical school, you know, I was taught that, you know, when I'm beginning a visit uh, with a patient who's there for, you know, an encounter, we would garner or ask the chief complaint by saying, basically, you know, what's the matter today? And as I reflect on what I've learned, maybe the question should be, instead of what's the matter, is asking, what matters today? And it, my goal might be to get your lipids in line or to get your cholesterol better or to talk about you know, your diabetes control. But for an individual patient, what really matters might be related to where am I going to get my next meal? Or you know do I have a safe place to live? And so I think I'm hoping that together, community leaders such as yourself and those of us in healthcare, can come together to really focus on what matters most to the patients in our communities. And, and to have a real conversation about maybe things that aren't necessarily comfortable to talk about, you know, what does matter. And the best start is to talk to the
1: person because we just assume certain things which we shouldn't. And I think the avenue for us is to talk to that person who's going through a health crisis to see exactly where they, how they feel and what we can do just what you said to help them instead of us assuming i think we assume even in social service we assume that we're we're doing the right thing to help a person through their crisis but in reality we haven't even talked to them to find out what their situation is you know all those other things that come into play within their own household we don't take the time to really focus and ask them that the the best answer to any problem is from the person who's experiencing that problem so and i think that we, even as a healthcare provider or a social service agency, even as a community person, we need to focus on the person first and to ask them, ask them, what can we do for you? What was that? Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In my mind, that's the perspective that uh, we should take to uh, address even the the healthcare concerns that we have. The people who are going through DOC should be on the Buell Regional Board. Let, Let me say it like that. They should be part of primary health. Those people can give us the insight because their their socioeconomic standing is a little bit lower than ours, but we don't view them in that light. We want them to provide us valid information because they know where we're talking to the people who are going through the crisis. And I can tell you when I worked at the food warehouse, even at the Urban League, I just assumed I was buying the right food at the food bank, not looking at high blood pressure, diabetes. The the things I bought were high in sodium. So uh, there's so many things I think we could begin to uh, look at as a group uh, to help get us through some of these times.
0: Yeah, excellent point, Michael. You're absolutely right. And you know, here in the the Shenango Valley, we are so fortunate that we have so many compassionate organizations, social service agencies that you know, have really good intentions and, and, you know, good heart, you know, the heart's in the right places. But unfortunately, at times, our our approach has been siloed and not collaborative and coordinated. And, uh, you know, you and I have talked, you know, many times that now is the time for us to all pull together Really, in a patient centered, you know, a family centered way to not stay in our own little silo, but let's come together to figure out what we can do to help individuals and families for, you know, whatever the situation is that they're dealing with at the time.
1: Absolutely. I, I think that's the first step toward a, us finding out what the real problems and issues are within the county. Yeah. And especially now with the health, like, as you were saying before, with COVID still in our midst. We don't know how long it's going to be around. Um, I think it's very important that people understand the true impact that that can have on you as, your, as, as a person. Your family is impacted by this, the whole COVID situation, underlying issues or reoccurring problems that come up for those who have gone through the virus situation. Uh, I have some friends that, you know, like I, I spoke to you before, I lost a couple friends to the virus. I've had few that recovered, but who knows what the future holds for them as far as their health, even though they are, they have recovered. So I think it's a a long road for us. The first thing we got to do is just what you said, get together and we can solve this together. Then that makes the process a little easier for all of
0: us. And, you know, Michael, as we're, as we're recording this podcast, I'm reflecting back on the senseless acts of violence uh, that have occurred within the last several weeks. And it comes to mind, you know, acts of violence that have been recurring, occurring for years across our country. And I truly believe that we need to start having a conversation about the impact of violence against others yeah. you know, in our community. It, it is a public health crisis. Yeah. And I, agree. I would love us to be able to create safe havens or safe places where folks can come for positive affirmation, where they can feel welcomed and loved and cared for um, and, and not live in fear any longer. It's yeah. way overdue. It's right. horrible. Right.
1: And again, that, it's not a health, well, it could be still a health crisis as well, but uh, this is happening so often, people tend to get numb and, and don't pay any attention, But those of us, and I'll say you and I, and and those who are concerned about others, it deeply affects us because we have that compassion for life for everybody. And that's why you're a doctor. That's why I I worked in the community all these years, because I I have compassion for for other people. You know, we're supposed to take care of our fellow man, so what better way for us than to shed the light on those who are less fortunate than we are. So, my heart aches when I, when I see stuff like that, when I hear things like that, but again, it's up to us, those of us who are still in the fight to help those who are outside of the fight.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree. And to use our voices individually and collectively to to overcome, you know, disparities and and inequities. So. Absolutely. Well, you know, Michael, I, uh, Thank you so much for this great conversation. And I'm going to put you on the spot. We're going to invite you back uh, because I really want to talk about the partnership between the Buell Regional Health Foundation and Primary Health Network as we're developing an equity response team. And uh, I just think there's you know, some great potential what uh, you know, we're going to be doing together in the very near future. So I hope you'll come back and uh, talk with me again.
1: I'd be happy to, Doug.
0: All right. Well, listeners, thank you very much. Uh, And uh, we look forward to seeing you or hearing from you again on another podcast real soon.